Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand with the other two that have already stood? <laughs> we invite you to worship with us. Don't just watch. We want you to be a participant this morning. Let's sing together.
Amen. Thank you, praise team. You can be seated. Welcome, welcome everybody. Woo, man. Do you have any idea what today is? It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, the day that God has made, but it's also Mother's Day. I love Mother's Day, don't you? Here, here's a fact. If you're here in this room, breathing and alive, you can thank your mother for that. Right? Let's give a big hand for all of our mamas. Fantastic. If you're a guest today, we welcome you, give you a big warm welcome. If it's your first time to be here, take that Connect card. You can find it in the chair back in front of you. Fill that thing out, take it to our Connect counter after service. We've got a coffee mug for you, and inside that coffee mug is a gift certificate to Chick-fil-A. You can't beat that, so make a rapid run right after service is over with. It's Mother's Day. Don't you, don't you love Mother's Day? It's my favorite holiday of the year, Mother's Day, because we get to give all of our ladies a special gift. And, and this one, this first gift is for all females. If you are a female and you know you are, and you're proud of it, you can have one of these gifts. It doesn't matter if you're a mama or not. If you're a female, you get one of these first gifts. Then we got a second gift that is for one special mother. And you've got to prove the fact that you're a mother to get this one, all right? So are you ready for the gift for all ladies? They're hidden. They're hidden. This, this, we've been doing this since I've been here 25 years. We've been giving gifts to mamas. And this is a, a repeat gift. We've done it several times because, Ray, it's the one they request the most. I think the mothers enjoy this gift more than anything else that we can give. Are you ready for it? You know what it is? Any idea what it is? Y'all are, are a tough crowd. I mean, the sewing kit. Now, that was a good one. How many of y'all ladies still have your sewing kit that we get? Are you serious? That was like 50 years ago. Anyway, are y'all ready? Now, it's not big, but it's powerful. Here it is right here. Isn't this beautiful, beautiful little box? Copper kettle candies. No, hang on. This is the Kavanaugh formula. We buy these so often, they have a special mix that they use for the candies that are presented in this beautiful box. Now you can applaud. There, there are four beautifully baked, you bake candy, don't you? No? prepared candies <laughs> in this box. And here's, here's what I want you ladies to do, especially if you're mama. I want you to, don't eat them while I'm preaching, all right? Protect these in the chair around you and take them home. And sometime this afternoon, find that peaceful place in your house. And you don't know. You, you tell the rest of the yahoos in the house, leave me alone. 
and you just sit there with your coffee or your tea or your ice-cold cherry Coke and indulge yourself. Okay? No, hang on. Hang on. I want you to eat all four pieces in one setting and don't think a thing about it. Because you know what? You deserve it. You deserve it. Our ladies deserve it. So we've got, we got regular flavor, and then we've got some sugar-free ones in a special box here. These say sugar-free. Who knows if they are or not? I don't know. But they say they're sugar-free, so if you need one of these, you can get it. We have four sections. Pastors, come on up here. We have four different depots here for whatever section you're in. Please just get one for you. If there are extras after the service, you might get one for someone special in your life. But right now, it's just for all the ladies in the room. If you are a female, stand up. If you're a girl, stand up. No matter what age you are, come get a candy box, would you? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, every lady get one? Did you get one? Did you get one? Did you get one? Are, you're eating them right now and you can't answer me. Let's let our ladies know how much we love and appreciate them with a big round of applause. Can we do that? All right. Now, now, now we're getting down to business. When you came in the door, if you are a mother, only mothers, you received a little ticket, okay? If you didn't get a ticket, raise your hand right now because we want to get you a ticket. One right down here on the front. Mothers all through. If you're, you got to be a mother. You have, you've got to prove that you've given birth to get one of these tickets, all right? And we want to make sure everybody in the room has a ticket because we're going to have a special drawing right now. And one special mama is going to get the grand prize. This is the grand prize. So as they're passing these out, let me tell you, first service we gave one of these away, and I read the winning ticket. 
And there was such anticipation, but when I read the ticket, nobody claimed the prize, did they, Jason? I read, I read that winning number three times and nobody claimed it, so we had to draw another ticket. Well, you know what? Come to find out, guess who had the winning ticket in her purse? Miss Angie did. So, guess what I'm going to be doing this week? I'm going to be going and out of my own pocket. I'll be, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, so does every lady have a ticket? Every lady, you got a ticket. Who, who thinks they're going to be the lucky lady? The win, who's got the winning number? Come on. Okay. Okay, Jason, let me hold it. Let me hold it. This is, man, I'm sweating right now. My old spice, spice swagger isn't working right now. David, I'm going to have Jason pull it because if they don't win, I want them to be mad at Brother Jason. This is not rigged. And not me. It's not rigged. It's not rigged. Okay. 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 You got the ticket. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's heavy. Look at your ticket. 409. Who's still in the running? You all are, all right? 4094. Oh. oh, right there's killer. 40946. If you're still in the running, raise your hand. You're probably wondering, what do I win? What is this grand prize? Well, let me share with you a picture right here it is. You're going to win a $200 gift certificate to Affinity Day Spa. Now, I, I don't hang out, listen, I don't hang out at day spas, but I have been told by reliable sources, Affinity is the premier day spa in Fort Smith. Two hundred smackers. I asked them, "What can they get with this?" And the lady said, "It's going to be awesome. Manicure, pedicure, get a facial, deep, deep tissue massage. I think they even have those hot rocks that they can put on your." Four oh nine. Four, six, five. Marisol won it. Marisol, you're kidding me. Woo! Marisol. Y'all give it up for Miss Marisol. This is awesome. Sweetheart, I'm so glad. I am so glad that you won. Now, after church, come back up here. We're going to get your photo with this winning certificate, all right? And we want you to enjoy this. All right? Good deal. Isn't that great? Man. Lady, ladies, if you didn't win the grand prize, come back next year. We'll try to outdo it, all right? Let's stand back up and let's worship God. Let me pray before we sing. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Thank you for this day. I pray a blessing on this worship. May it be pleasing to you. 
Dear Jesus, I pray that you'd bless our mothers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yours will be
God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Our God pardons our sin and he forgives our disobedience. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are assured that there is no sin that is so terrible that our God cannot forgive. There is no hurt that is so terrible that our God cannot heal. Our God accepts, our God forgives, and our God sets us free. The lyrics of this next song that we're gonna sing is it says, he makes a way where there is no way. He rises up from an empty grave. There is no sinner that he can't say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my
no sinner that you can't save. There is nothing in our past that keeps us from coming to you. God, you are a God who accepts us just the way we are, and you forgive us, and you set us free. We praise you in this house today for that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Lord, we love you. We just want to give you honor and praise. You alone are worthy of our praise. May your name be glorified in this house. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Wow. Nathan, that's my new favorite song right there. I love it, dude. I love that song. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Wow. What a great song. Good to have you today. Welcome again on Mother's Day. Let's give it up for our mamas one more time. That was pathetic, so at the end of the service, I'll let you do it again and really let, let them know how much you appreciate them. In the month of May, I'm doing a little series on the family, and I've entitled this series, I Miss Mayberry. It's based on that Rascal Flatts song, I Miss Mayberry, sitting on the front porch drinking ice-cold cherry Coke, watching the clouds go by. It, it, it really refers back to the Andy Griffith show, Mayberry RFD. Anybody remember that? I grew up watching that show and a good, clean television but it's, it's, it's all about family and family values. And that's what I want to convey to you because our world is losing family values. Our families are fragmenting and, and they're falling apart. And, and Mason, if we don't have strong families at the core of our society, our society is going to be ruined and it is going to fall apart. So we need strong families. I miss Mayberry. <laughs> I miss Mayberry. You know what? Scott, when I, when I was a little kid watching Mayberry, I always worried about Opie. It really concerned me that Opie didn't have a mama. You ever thought about that? Now, he had Aunt B. Thank God for Aunt B. If you liked Aunt B, but thank God for Aunt B. But Op, Opie, Opie didn't have a mama. And I always wondered, Fred always wondered what happened to Andy's wife, Opie's mama. Well, you know what? On none of the episodes do we ever have a reference to Opie's mama. It was in the pilot show, which was a Danny Thomas show, that we were introduced to Mayberry and Andy. And in that pilot show, Andy gives us a little snippet of what happened to Opie's mom. Do you want to see this? I mean, we're going back to February 1960. I wasn't even... Well, it's only a minute and 46 seconds, but, but let's watch this together.
Mm, there it is right there. When he was just a wee little fella, he lost his mama. Poor Opie. But thank goodness for Aunt B. Thank goodness for aunts. Thank goodness for grandmas. Thank goodness for friends who, who come to the aid when a little boy doesn't have a mama. You know, we got some of the best mamas in the world right here in this room today. I'm so thankful for you ladies, and I know it is your heart's desire. The, the, greatest, the greatest priority in your life is that your kids and your grandkids come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And I really believe deep down inside of you, that's what you desire for your kids more than anything else, because you know what? Kids need the Lord. Our kids can't cope with the stress and the mess of the world without the inner strength that comes from Jesus Christ. They can't deal with the wear and tear of life without the abiding peace which comes from knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So the question is, how, how best do we pass this faith on to our kids? You see, it's their decision. Individual accountability before God. Ronnie, every person has to decide that on their own. It's your choice whether or not you're going to follow Jesus and make it into heaven. But moms and dads, especially you mamas, you want to do everything you can to give them that opportunity so that they choose the right choice. They choose Jesus. So how can we best pass our faith on to our kids and grandkids? Well, the Bible tells us. In fact, I want to read three different passages, all found in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. The first one is found in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, and here's what the Word of God says. Only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things that your eyes have seen and so that they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. The second passage comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These words that I am giving you today shall be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and also as a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. Deuteronomy chapter 11, which I'm not going to read, repeats the same words found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. But let's get down to Deuteronomy chapter 32. He said to them, take to heart all these words that I am giving you as a warning today so that you may command your children to follow all the words of this law carefully. For they are not meaningless words to you, but they are life. And by them you will live long in the land that you are crossing over Jordan to possess. Now, all of these passages teach us the same thing, and that is we are to pass our faith down to our children. But Deuteronomy chapter 6 gets really specific on how we are to do that. It really says three things to me about Christian parenting, and I think we must carefully perform these duties if we want to instill Jesus 
into the lives of our kids and our grandkids. So moms, are you ready? Moms, are you ready? Here is our challenge today. Three things. Number one, you are to love God deeply. With all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you are to love God. Again, the words of Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. As we look at this passage, there are really two principles at play here. And the first principle is this. We derive from God the love, the wisdom, and the strength that we need to raise our kids. We derive it from God. We get it from God. You cannot adequately love your child until you deeply love your God. Think of yourselves, mama. Think of yourselves as the faucet at the kitchen sink. Your child is thirsty for love. They thirst wisdom. They thirst strength. And that child is continually coming to you to be filled. And nobody can fill their tank like mama can. As much as we try as dads and men, we can't do it like mama can do it. Moms, you are the primary source of your child's love, wisdom, and strength. You, ladies, are the faucet. But you're not going to be able to convey pure, sparkling, refreshing wisdom, love, and strength to your children unless you yourselves are hooked up to the fountain of life. He is the main water line coming into your life. Where do you get the love, wisdom, and strength to raise your children successfully? Only from a genuine relationship with Almighty God. So ladies, love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. From that love you generate, you get the love, strength, and wisdom to disperse to your children. Not only that, we are as moms and even dads to demonstrate godliness and Christ-likeness to our kids. God wants you to be a living, walking example to your children of what victorious Christian living is all about. He wants them to see Jesus inside of you. And we all know this, children learn best by modeling. You can tell them until you're red in the face and they don't get it sometimes. But if they see you do it, I guarantee you they can repeat it. If they see in you a genuine, warm love for Christ, they're going to want the same thing in their life. Do you remember the story of the little boy in Sunday school? The Sunday school teacher asked him why he loved God so much. And after thinking about it for a moment, his response was, well, I guess it just runs in my family. You know what? His mom and dad had been doing the right thing, demonstrating to him the love of God. So mamas, the first principle of successful child rearing is to put God first place in your life. Why? We derive from him the love, wisdom, and strength that we need to give to our kids. And by loving him deeply, we can demonstrate godliness and Christ-likeness to our kids. So there's principle number one, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
Ladies, you got that? How about number two? Treasure your Bible dearly. In fact, your Bible should be your greatest possession. Look at Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. That is, ladies, you need to instill God's word into your heart. I I want you to notice the various ways God states this throughout the book of Deuteronomy. And all those passages that I read at the beginning, notice these words. He said, watch yourself so that you do not forget all of these things. Do not let them slip from your heart. These commandments are to be on your hearts. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Take to heart all the words that I declare to you today. These are not just idle words. They are words of life. So the Lord tells us to take his word, the Bible, seriously. Ladies, you are to treasure God's word every single day. You need to turn to the scriptures again and again, day by day. Every day you need to be reading and intaking the word of God. They are not idle words. They're not meaningless words. They are our life. And there is no way you can give the word of God to your kids until you have taken it in to your own soul. Just the other night... We were about to go to bed, but we needed to decompress a little bit. So we sat down in the living room, and JoJo was going crazy. Smartest dog ever. And I had the flipper, but I decided not to try to find anything because here's what I do with the flipper. Any guys like this, I'll, I'll flip through every single channel we have and go through all of them, driving Angie crazy and not find a single thing to watch. And I could just tell by the look on her face, she didn't want to watch another Western. So I handed her the flipper, and Austin, I said to her, baby, you find something to watch. And so she immediately put it on a cooking channel, cooking show. And it was this, she's an older lady, and she kind of spoke with an accent, She was cooking Italian food. What's her name? Lydia. Lydia. I get some resistance right here. Okay, Lydia. She is Italian. Yes. She's not old. Okay, I'm sorry. Turning red. Hey. She's my age. Did I recover well? She is Italian, and she does have this cooking show, and she was cooking pasta. And throughout the whole episode of cooking pasta and bread, because that's all she cooked, pasta and bread, she related her cooking to her childhood. And she said, this is what we did when I was a little kid. I would go into the kitchen with my mother and my grandmother, with my aunts and all of my cousins, 
And we would start cooking Sunday's lunch on Saturday, and, and we would prepare the food, and, and it, it really would turn into a contest on who could bake the best bread and who could make the best pasta. And my, my granny would pull out an old recipe, and she would share it with us. And, and one of my aunts would find a recipe, and they would share it. It was, it was a great gathering, and we would, we would love to cook together. And then at 1 o'clock on Sunday, we would all gather in the square of our property, and we would eat this meal together. She said, it was the, it's the most precious memories I have of growing up, and it all centered around food. And I'm thinking, Lydia's my lady. I'm liking this. And, and she went on to share, she said, back in my day, if you wanted to marry well, you, you needed to be able to make at least five different pastas. And if you wanted to marry really good and get you a good man, didn't she say that? A good man, you probably needed seven pastas. And she said, so it's so imperative that we have these recipes passed down. And Gail, she just kept saying that. We need, we need to share our recipes with our families. And then yesterday morning, Angie woke up and and she spent an hour in the kitchen going through old recipes, Gary. I mean, she was going through pages and pages of recipes from her grandmother's and her mother because she had this big plan. Today at 5 o'clock, we're going to meet at my house, and we're going to have this big family Mother's Day meal. And she's going to serve dishes that were her grandmother's dishes and her mother's dishes. And Steve, I got in trouble first service because I asked her publicly, are we going to have Grandma Archer's cheesecake? And she shook her head. And I said, I said to her, well, baby, maybe you need to reconsider. We still have a few hours before 5 o'clock. That's one of my favorites. But, but you know, ladies, you know how it is. R recipes are precious. Family recipes are cherished. They're treasures, and you can't wait to pass them down to your kids and your grandkids, right? Am I speaking a language you understand? Yes, they are, but you know what is more important than recipes from your family? It's this book right here. This really is the recipe for a successful life. And so if you really want to give your kids something that's going to change their life and help them marry better, for example, instead of a food recipe, maybe you need to give them the Word of God recipe. So ladies, number one, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number two, treasure your Bible dearly. But you know what? That, that's not quite enough because that's not all the passage says. It, it isn't enough just to love God deeply and to study his word daily. We need to teach that to our children continually. Look at verses 6 through 9, Deuteronomy 6. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. I want you to repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost or the gates of your house and even on the city gate. Wow. 
Right here in this passage, he tells us how to do it, moms. Love God with all your heart, study the Word of God daily, and then teach it to your kids. How do we do that? Right here he tells us a fourfold plan. Number one, you are to do it when you're sitting in your house. Now, I know that's <laughs> maybe a problem for you if you got teenagers because they're never in the house at the same time. That's why you need to be intentional with this. When was the last time you sat down with your kids or your grandkids and just talked the Bible to them? Maybe ask them, what is your favorite Bible story? Or you told them your favorite Bible story? Or you shared with them something God was teaching you in your own personal private Bible time? Guys, let me tell you, if we're going to do this, we have to be intentional about it. I, I introduced that concept last week to you. If we're going to pass down our faith to our kids, it must be intentional. And you need to pick the times that you do it in your house. Last week when I said that, I went home and Angie brought it up. We talked about being intentional in teaching our kids. And here's what Miss Angie said. She said, I regret that I was not more intentional on teaching my kids the things that I really, really, really wanted them to know. So whatever you want your kids to leave home with, you need to be intentional about it. You need to sit down and have one of those family discussions where you're sharing your values, God's values, what's important. Because if you're not intentional, look at, look at me, look at me, it ain't going to happen. So mamas, when, when you sit at your house, number two, when you walk along the road. Now we don't do a whole lot of walking as families, do we? But they did. That, that was their only mode of transportation. So if they were going to grandma's house or to visit a neighbor or going into town or to the store, they had to walk to do it. And God is saying, use your time, your travel time wisely. And as you're together walking, j just talk to your kids about the things of God. So we don't walk together as a family, but you know what we do? A whole lot of driving, right, Miss Joy? Taking them to school, taking them to ball practice, coming to church. You're in the car, confined area. Take advantage of it. Instead of making it World War III, make it a good Bible time. I've told this story before. Can I tell this story without getting in too much trouble? Dad, when, when I was a little kid, we'd, we'd get up on Sunday mornings and we'd get ready first. I mean, it's, it's not too much trouble for a guy to get ready. Back then, five minutes and we were done. And so we'd go out in the garage and get in the 63 Chevy Impala, 63 Chevy Impala, blue, beautiful car. Wish we still had that car today. And we'd be in the garage, he'd, he'd, he'd lift the garage door, Gary, and frank, crank that old 350 up. We'd be sitting there, and my mom and my sister hadn't come out yet. Because apparently it takes girls longer to get ready. And my dad, I'm, no lie, I can still vividly remember this, and I'm five years old. He'd look at me and say, you want me to do it? Think I ought to do it? And I'd say, do it, Dad, do it. And so he'd blow that horn, ha, ha. Bad idea. Bad idea because coming out that garage door was a 98-pound stick of dynamite. 
and my sister was just as mad. And so World War III would erupt in that Impala, and Dad would just be grinning all the way to church. Let me tell you, instead of doing that, we need to be worshiping God, listening to praise music. What a great time for kids to learn memory verses as you're driving down the road. Number three, teach your kids when you lie down at night. Let me tell you, bedtime is such a tender time for parents and their children. It is a great time to have devotions and Bible stories and reflection and and bonding and praying together. My parents did that right. Every night we would read a passage together and pray together. We tried to pass that on to my kids, and now my kids are doing the same thing with their kids. What a precious time at night. In fact, I don't have a video of it, but I've got an audio of this. It just happened a couple of nights ago. Listen to this, would you? We're ready. precious? Isn't that precious? That, that's my three-year-old grandbaby, Ella Jane, singing that right before she went to bed. She can do that because her mom and dad share with her every night the things of God. They have a devotion, a prayer time, and she's singing about the Lord keeping her in perfect peace. Isn't that great? Moms, dads, don't, don't, don't waste that bedtime. Make it count. And then fourth, you are to share Jesus with your kids when you get up. Now, that one's a little harder. huh? It, it's hard to get up and do that because some of y'all get up on the wrong side of the bed. Huh? I understand that. You know what? I can't think of a better way to start your day and your kids' day than sharing with them a truth from God, maybe a Bible verse for that day. Your kids need that because they're going out to battle. They're going out to do war. Satan is going to attack them. And so the first thing they need to hear in the morning and right before they leave to go start their day is the Word of God. And then I want you to notice how this passage ends in verses 8 and 9. He says, take these verses and bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and even on your city gates. Now, the Jews took this very seriously, and they developed what was called phylacteries. They were small little leather boxes that they would bind on their hand or their arm and also on their forehead. And inside of these boxes, they would take passages of Scripture that were meaningful to them and write them down and carry them on their forehead and their arm. In fact, I've I've got a picture of a young Jewish boy. He's got the phylactery on his forehead. He's got one right here on his bicep. They would carry these verses around with them, and then during the day when they would have an opportunity, they would open the little box, the phylactery, and read that Bible passage, storing it up in their hearts. I think the application is pretty clear for us today. 
Write the word of God down on a piece of paper. Put it in your pocket or in your purse. Or have it underlined on your cell phone to come up so that you can read the word of God and it can change your life through the day. And then he told them to write some of the verses and hang them on the walls of their home, on the gates going out of their house, and even on the city gate as a perpetual reminder and learning technique. Well, let me tell you a story about Mayo Mathers, a wife, mother, writer, co-owner of a business in Oregon. She had a, a son by the name of Tyler who was in the fifth grade. And the school assignment came to Tyler that he was to memorize a portion of the Declaration of Independence. And so Mayo, being this go-getter mama that she was, said, okay, son, we're going to tackle this together, and I'm going to help you learn this. And so three times a day, they, they would quiz and work through the Declaration of Independence. She would take flashcards and write it out and post those flashcards from his headboard to the bathroom, even into the kitchen. When they were in the car driving, she would be quizzing him, and they would be learning the Declaration of Independence. When the two weeks ended and he was to present it, not only did Tyler know that portion of the Declaration of Independence, everybody in the house knew it because they had learned it together. You know what? During that same time period, Tyler's Sunday school teacher gave them an assignment to memorize a passage of Scripture. Not one single time did Mayo quiz her son on the Bible verse until they were driving to church on Sunday morning. And she remembered, oh, he's, he needs to know this verse. And so she tried to cram it into his brain unsuccessfully. The next morning in her own personal devotions, she read Deuteronomy 6-7, which says, you shall teach them the word of God diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And here's what Mayo wrote about her own life. She said, I realized that that's what I had done with memorizing part of the Declaration of Independence, but not with memorizing the Bible verse. And having emphasized Tyler's school assignment over his Sunday school assignment, I was teaching my son to seek the rewards of the world instead of the rewards of heaven. And she said, it convicted my soul. So, Mama, there, there you have it. What, what are you going to pass on to your kids? It needs to be your deep love for God. It needs to be the Word of God itself. Teach them Teach them when you're sitting in the house. Teach them when you're driving down the road. Teach them before they go to bed at night and when they rise up in the morning. You are to pass this treasure onto your kids. Here's the most important thing that I'm going to say to you today. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it up on the screen. Mothers, one of the greatest acts of serving the Lord, the greatest act you have of worshiping God, is to raise your children God's way. That's your assignment. That's what he's called you to do. Mason, one of my favorite preachers is Billy Sunday. Love, love to hear the stories about Billy Sunday. He was raised by a godly mother on a Midwestern farm. His, his father had died in the Civil War. He became a famous preacher who gave the, the credit to both God and his mama. But, but Billy Sunday initially gained fame as an outfielder, Ken, for the Chicago White Sox. He, he was a great, renowned baseball player, but his, his career was marred 
by drinking and carousing. One night, staggering down the street, he heard a Salvation Army choir singing a song that his mama used to sing, and it caught his attention. The song said, where is my wandering boy tonight? And it convicted his heart. Later that night at the Pacific Garden Mission, Billy Sunday gave his life to Jesus Christ, and he soon left the baseball diamond for the pulpit. Got a picture of Billy Sunday. This is, this is back in the early 1900s. When he became a preacher and, and left baseball, he would preach in these, these huge stadiums, these big arenas, these big coliseums, huge massive stage and a pulpit. When they would introduce him, he would come running from the side as fast as he could, like a baseball player running home. But instead of sliding into home plate, he would slide into the pulpit. And the crowds would erupt. I mean, he, he was so energetic. He would jump off the stage, climb on top of furniture and over pews, and he would get right in people's faces when he preached. One of his most famous bombastic sermons was from Exodus chapter 2, verse 9. He's talking about Moses' mama. And here's what the verse says. Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. Now, I need to explain what's happening in this verse. Moses was born, but Pharaoh had given a decree that all Hebrew boys were to be killed, thrown into the Nile River. But she couldn't do that with her baby. And so she kept him as long as she could, but when she could keep him no longer, she built this little basket and put baby Moses in it and put it in the river knowing that Pharaoh's daughter was going to come down and bathe. And when Pharaoh's daughter came down, she saw the little basket, she opened it up, and there's this beautiful baby boy, little Moses, in there. And, and just precious, and I don't know if he was cooing or what, but she fell in love with him immediately. Well, Moses' mama was hiding over there, and Moses' big sister. The big sister runs over and says, Ma'am, would you like for me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, yes. And Moses' mama came over there. And here's what Pharaoh's daughter said right here in this verse. Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. Ladies, think about it. You get paid for raising your own kid. That was a great deal. And that is exactly what happened. When Billy Sunday was preaching this passage, he was thinking of his own mother, and he said this. Being a king, an emperor, or a president is mighty small potatoes compared to being a mother. Commanding an army is little more than sweeping a street compared to raising a boy or a girl. The mother of Moses did more for the world than all the kings of Egypt ever had. Oh, you wait until you reach the mountains of eternity and then read the mother's names in God's hall of fame. And then he got in their faces and he said, I tell you women, fooling away your time, hugging and kissing a poodle dog, drinking a cocktail and playing cards is mighty small business compared to the molding of a child's life. And then he quoted this verse again, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And he said from that, God pays in joy that is fireproof, famine proof, and devil proof. 
And then he said, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And he said, ladies, if you haven't been doing that, then you need to get your name on God's payroll. And there it is. God created you women special. You, you have the ability to reproduce and to give birth. And that baby you've been given is a gift from God. That child that is in your home that you're raising, I don't care if it's six months old or 16 or if it's 32 and has its own kids now, they're still your responsibility. They're still your children. They're your babies. And those grandchildren, oh yeah, I know they're yours, but they're mine too. And they're Lolo's. And it's our job to teach them right. Mamas, to do that, you've got to love God deeply with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You need to be treasuring the Word of God and putting it into your own heart so that you can then transfer it into their lives. And you are to teach them daily, every day, when you're sitting in the house, when you're driving in the car, when you're putting them to bed at night, and when you're eating breakfast. You pass the baton on to them. Now, I, I know, I, I get this. I'm, I'm landing my plane right now, so hang with me. Ultimately, it's their responsibility. What they do with Jesus is up to them. But let me tell you, you need to be opening that door. You need to be presenting Jesus. You, you need to open their little minds and help them understand the truths of God. Train up a child in the way they should go, the Bible says. You need to be doing that. Why? It's your job. Do the best you can. And for that to happen, you need to give your heart to Jesus. For that to happen, you need to fall in love with Jesus. For that to happen, you, you need to do things like this. You need to come down to the altar and say, Lord, help me be the best mama I can be. You men, you need to come down here with her, and, and you need to put your hand on your wife's shoulder, and you need to pray for her. Pray for your home. Pray for your kids, your grandkids. Don't miss this opportunity today to turn your family over to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd do something real special in this room. I pray that you would touch all of our hearts, especially our mothers. Lord, make it easy for mamas to come and pray today. Make it easy for families to come, for moms and dads to pray for their kids. Lord, Lord help us to do that together as families this morning. And if there are issues that specifically we need to pray about and sins that we need to have forgiven, I pray that that would happen at the altar today as well. Move, Lord, in a special way. Do something awesome in our lives and in our hearts. Bless our mamas. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Pray team is going to sing, but as soon as you stand up, just come on down. Come on, let's pray together. Moms, come on. You, you, you need this. You, you need time with God this morning. Husbands, come with them. Pray for your families. Come on. Amazing.
Lord, I want to thank you this morning for, for giving me godly grandmothers. I want to thank you for my godly mom, my godly wife. And I pray, dear Lord, that, that all the mamas in this room and those listening online would take, would take this sermon so seriously that they would realize what, what they're doing is of vast importance as they pass that baton faith on to their kids. I pray that our mamas would be that faucet that flows with living water. Help our kids to love you and know you and serve you. Help our mamas today, Lord. Let them know that they're loved and appreciated. And if there is any person in this room, but especially mama, any mama who's struggling with an issue, I pray that they would find relief from that today. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for this great day. Bless our mamas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Let me read one card to you very quickly. Dear church family, thank you so much for all the love and kindness shown to me following the death of my father. The messages, cards, food, flowers, visits, and prayers meant a great deal to me. Thank you to those who were able to attend dad's visitation and funeral. Thanks also for the wonderful meal that was provided for my family following the service and for the beautiful dish garden and hydrangea. I love and appreciate my church family. Thank you all very much. Love, Melissa Satterfield. I'm still praying for you, girl. You know, I, I really don't know what people do without the Lord, number one, but without a church family, number two. And I'm so glad that you're a part of Kavanaugh Church. Hope you have a great day. Mamas, make sure you enjoy your chocolates today. Remember, sit there, eat them, indulge yourself. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Just enjoy it. And also get, get a little bell, a little cling, 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 cling. And if you run out of coffee or cherry Coke, just ring your bell, ding, ding, ding. And I know your kids are going to run in there and fill your cup back up. All right. When you walk out, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you this Wednesday night. God bless you.